Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Podnose Network proudly brings to you the best movie review podcast in Hull. The only one in Hull. We are the Battleship Potemcast. I am your host as ever, a comedian who regularly performs nowhere for no one, Mr. Captain Cook, and with me, a local author and movie critic, the man with the jokes, Rob Stokes. I'm delicious and nutritious. Today's episode is sponsored by Mother and Monster, the excellent space fantasy and debut novel of our very own Quartermaster Stokes. Mother of Monster is available on Amazon and all good bookstores. This is episode 114. Jingle, please. Ahoy, ahoy, Rob. Howdy, Maggle. How have you been? Yeah, going well. I've not seen you much this week, have I? Um, no. You have been... Off the bo- off the ship, off the and, ship, yes, and have been going elsewhere. Yeah, um, our powerful friend, amateur Joe Green, yep, regular Joe. Yep, uh, <laughs> he's he's gone all day with his missus and his child, and I am house sitting for him and taking care of his two lovely dogs. No, oh. and I've never owned dogs before, and then no. didn't grow up with dogs, not mm. cats. No, um, my brother is dogophobic, so I've never had the opportunity. Which is a shame, because dogs are awesome. It is, it's is—it's been an absolute revelation, to be fair. Mm. Like, having to take care of two tiny pooches. Yeah. You uh, know, uh, morning and night, taking them for walks. You've got to pick up the shit. Like, one of them's got to have medicine at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to shampoo her little cheeks, and then put in yeah. some cream in that. It's great. Yeah. It really hammered home to me how little I take care of myself. Yeah, just um, having an animal t- to take care of. Is uh, I'm like I'm putting in way more time with you than I do myself. I need to get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror and going, "My God, you're awesome." I'm, <laughs> I barely treat myself. I need to get out. But yeah, it's been great. The first, the first time I took him for a walk because mm-hmm. you know it's it's quite different area to you know where the ship is currently docked, uh-huh. to say the least. Mm. Like they don't have a gulag. No. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I can imagine that that is a lot of fun. Um, but part of it is, I don't know, maybe getting a bit ahead of myself here. Oh, aye. Because based on my experiences, I think I've got an idea for a movie. Ooh. So, should we have an impromptu creative corner? Oh, we can can have an impromptu creative corner. Does anyone remember what creative corner is? Creative corner is basically one of us pitches the idea for a movie, book, or TV show, or something... And the other one plays a movie executive, and can they get their idea past them? Okay, now, as an as a caveat, we this is one that we used to play quite a bit of, back even back when the gay was a part of the uh, ship, and he his is the only time that it's not been me in the creator's uh, chair, as it were. And it's also the worst creative corner that we've ever done by quite a mile. So... Captain Michael Cook, that's the standard that you have to beat. Right. You have to be a better filmmaker than the gay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have to be James Cameron to raise this bar. Jingle, please. Right. Mm. Our movie opens with some kind of, like, surfer. No, not a surfer. Not a surfer. No, no, some kind of, like, free-spirited dude. Right. He's just off and about his shit, you know. Maybe he's around the world or something. Mm-hmm. And um, we see him, like, answering emails, like, you know, in one of those 
VW vans, but it's parked on the beach somewhere and everything looks idyllic and awesome. Yeah. And then we see like him opening these emails and you can see it's like a thread that goes back a d- over a decade. Right. And it's between him and his friend and you know, they're, they're talking back and forth. And then the friend's like, can you do me a massive favour? I'm going on holiday. <laughs> can okay. you come and house it and look after my stuff? Right, so this is an autobiographical uh, film, essentially. No. Except for the free-spirited part and the part where the guy sounds happy. <laughs> that's not very. Ex- that's not a thing an executive would say, Rob. Yeah. Oh, okay. So get, get your shit together, man. Uh, all right, then. Uh, I, I'll take the uh, role of... Ooh, what executive? Ooh. Um, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, Netflix, then. I was going to... So go obscure and try TriStar, but nope, I've settled on Netflix now. Yeah, you're so. a Netflix exec. So yeah. you're definitely going to give me too much money for this idea. Yeah. Which um, big name actor who's usually in films and would never touch TV regularly, but then suddenly has decided to join this film, have you got to play your surfer, dude? Oh, wait, I'll get to the casting later once, once we've pitched the movie. Right, okay. Right, so, but the, the idea is to set up that despite the fact... um like, they won't have physically been around each other for years. Yeah. They've been in communication all yeah. through this time. And yeah. then it'll go back to, like, I don't know, some bullshit where they, like, spent some time at a camp. Right. Whatever. Like, some deep bond years ago. But basically, they've been living their own lives. Mm-hmm. So then we can, you know, see a plane landing. And then, it's not very original, this bit, but fuck it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We, we, we at Netflix want to, uh, push groundbreaking material. We don't, we, we aren't in the game for cliches. Um, and basically, like, it'd, it'd start off great, you know, like, come in, all, you know, all, all the great shit. Yeah. And then the first couple of days, we'd be getting some, like, Stepford Wives, Edward Scissorhands type vibes. Right. But uh, get out. Just, uh, uh, idyllic. Yeah, but it's like, everything's perfect, but it's not. Right. There's something else going on under the car. Right. And this is where I went deep. Okay. <laughs> right. The older people of this place mm-hmm. have like struck some kind of Rosemary's Baby deal with our free world guy's friend years ago for prosperity and career and whatever. Mm-hmm. But they need like a, a, a young virgin vessel or some bullshit. Right. <laughs> so that's what the free spirited friend's for. And then over the course of it, it's revealed that they go, they go all the way back to, like, Viking shit. Because it would be set in the north of England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. right. I was, uh, uh, you've lost me there because I was, in my head, I was imagining, oh yeah, he's free-spirited, he's, they met at camp and bonded. This sounds like an American, America. And then you say, north of England. Nothing is idyllic in the north of England. It can't you be. No way you Dude. would get the Stepford, Stepford Wives situation. Maybe, Maybe Cornwall at a push you would get. I'm idea. sorry, right? Summer Isle from the Wicker Man movies is set in Scotland, e- so anything's possible. Yeah, but that's like rugged idyllic. That's- yeah, well, that's still idyllic. Anyway, so it'd be beautiful. All right. Well, at the beginning, maybe it'd be far away. Yeah. Anyway, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. But the point is, it'd be all some Viking shit, and then it'd all be the, the idea is to tie in with like ultimately. Our generation, your generation, whatever, has been ultimately bumfucked by older people who believe in Viking <laughs> shit. Right. Okay. You've not especially specific there. Nope. Nope. Um, uh, that's the thing. I'm open to ideas, you know. If you want to bring in another 12 writers to help me out, that's cool. Right. 
because I'm impressed because if anything, Cree went into too much detail. But with that, you've barely gone into any detail at all. You're just like, oh, this guy, he goes to this house and uh, not going to talk about the house. Don't worry about it. That don't factor in. You haven't even mentioned the genre. Is it? It's, it's a horror. It, it's a horror. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 We've yeah. established the genre now. No, I think I said horror at the beginning. Nope. Well, either way, it's a horror. Of right. course it's a horror. I don't come up with anything else. <laughs> okay. So we've got our free-spirited guy. So what, does he get into the surfing scene? No, no, that's all, all irrelevant. It's just about some dude who's not, like, suburbanized. Right. So... And then uh, he's being suburbanized. And then he's like, someone's odd here. And they're like, that's just you, man. You used to, you know, stoners and beaches and shit. Mm-hmm. This is just how people live. And then before you know it, he's being blood-eagled in some pagan ritual. Mm. Because he got sold out by his mates. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an interesting... In a Faustian deal. Mm. See, I think as a... Uh, There's um... enough there to make a movie. Yeah. Um, I, w- I certainly wouldn't pick it up because he'd need an ending, but... Oh, he dies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So there's a bad ending. Oh, horrible ending. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the so the old folks win. In well, the... the point is, don't do favors for other people. <laughs> Jingle, please. No. Yeah. yeah. See, I imagine this is some real life bitterness coming through <laughs> with this uh, with with house sitting for your two do- these uh, two dogs. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine that there's some real life. I'm hope I hope regular Joe is listening to this because <laughs> fuck you, walk yourselves, you little bastards. Yeah, learn yeah. to pick up your own shit. Mm. I'd say that was a funny moment. All right, the, the first time I picked up the, the dog shit, mm-hmm. and I was like, right, that's just part of my day now. And then I, you know, I've I've picked up every single one, and then I found out that if I were to miss one somehow. Okay. And be reported. It's a two thousand pound fine from the council if your yeah. dog were to shit. Which, having grown up in villages, always pissed me off because for some reason it's completely acceptable for horses to just drop hills of shit or everywhere. Yeah, but that's fine. Mm. Well, I, I imagine that that would that must explain why village people tend to be so rich. They have to be. To pay for all of those fines, because when you go to these little country villages in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, it always smells of dog shit and horse shit. And what well, opposed to hole that smells of fish? It smells lovely out in country, Rob. Uh, country air, manure. Yeah, not when there's people about. Not when people can manipulate animals and the ecosystem and put them in places where they shit, where you are supposed to be living. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, should we end the creative corner and go back to some? Kind of, what have you been up to this week, Rob? Oh, we can end the creative corner here, unless you want to get into your casting. Oh, Fassbender, fuck it. Yeah, Fassbender, fuck it. Oh. He, no, Fassbender can be like the head villain Ooh, of, on so, the street. Yeah, see, I like the idea of... Um, and then our guy will be like, not Justin Long, because he's too old now. Yeah. But whoever's 2017 yeah. is Justin Long. Mm, that's a fair idea. I like the idea of making, potentially making the main character an American. Because then you can get the, it's not just the fact that it's a strange, it's a strange different world where he's going into the North and England and being like, what the fuck is all this? And being slightly weirded out and people can go, yeah, it's just you. You're in a different place. Of course it's weird, but it can, you can make it sort of about that. Yeah. 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 The, 
the the challenges of going to a new place and finding that no one wants you there. A new environment. Yeah. Like the classic, he walks into the village shop and everyone's... <gasps> yeah, are you local? Yeah. No, yeah. I will have no trouble here. This is a local shop for local people. Mm. Yes. Uh, it's, it, th- there's definitely legs there with that idea. Yeah, that was good. Mm. It took me all of 30 seconds to come up with on the way here today. I, I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if there is... One, you know, you and all the listeners to know how dedicated I am to this podcast. Yeah, well... And that 30 seconds represents some, you know, some significant yeah. sweat off my brow. Well, as as, previ- uh, as previously hinted at, Cree seemed to put about three years of effort into his X-Men movie idea, and yours is significantly better, so well done. Uh, the Netflix executive has at least been impressed enough to, uh, that we'll, we'll require a treatment, though. Okie dokie. Well, we'll get that to you next week and maybe another creative corner. But right now, what have you been up to in my absence, Rob? Um, I have seen a f- different film that actually does exist oh. already. It is called Atomic Blonde. Um, we're not going to do a what we watched on this film because we've kind of uh, missed the boat. It's one that I wasn't too interested in seeing, but I was like, fuck it, nothing else to do. So I got aboard the lifeboat, uh, rowed to our local cinema and saw it and it was pretty good yeah yeah it's an in it's interesting in that um all when the credits come up it's all eastern european names like vlansdottir and jok vlokostav are the directors and the writers and you immediately go oh we're in for a good action film because it seems to only be Eastern Europe that can make good action films. I don't know what other films have been Eastern European that um, action. John Wick was directed by a Russian. Nice. Uh, there was Hardcore Henry, which was set in Russia and mostly made... Hardcore Henry was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, I think the guy who made it was Polish? I, I hesitate to say. <laughs> Hence yeah. the Polish? Yeah. Um... And there are probably other ones. There are other examples, I'm sure. But this... Oh, Atomic Blonde! Well, um, yeah, so it, it was good. Charlie's Theron is John Wick, basically. Very much so. Um, the Well, the closer comparison would be Charlie's Theron as Jane Bond. Um, Jane Bond. Mm-hmm. Because they... Oh, this is one of the things that I thought was quite interesting and weird about the film, was the fact that it was... A female power fantasy. So Shalise Ferron spends the whole film being smarter than everyone else, stronger than everyone else. She looks really cool in all these super cool outfits. And she's not sexualized, but she does look sexy still. And you go, oh, as a female watcher, you're meant to observe and go, aha, I'm, I'm like her. It's that. It's basically the same thing that men get from James Bond. And then there's just a ton of women nipples and a lesbian makeout scene right in the center. And it becomes a se- a male sexual fantasy of <laughs> the hot ladies are kissing. Um, oh shit, I should have gone to go see this. Yeah, it's like you, you get, you do get it because um, S- Sophia Patella and Charlize Theron get in a bed together. And it is are you quite- serious? Yeah. Sophia Patella's in it. Yep, and she is Charlize Theron's... No wonder you can wait to get down there. 
Yeah, um, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it for obvious reasons, but I thought it was strange for it after making it such a, again, a female centric film to go, ah, let's pander to the blokes. You want a lesbian makeout scene? We'll have a fucking sex scene just for Christmas. Right, yeah. yeah. Good for them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose... very much the Mulholland Drive of action movies? Yeah. Hmm, I would say so. It's it's a lesbian power fantasy, I suppose. Because, yeah, I guess lesbians need their power fantasies too. You can't I just, don't know. I don't... Yeah? I, well, I, I don't, don't speak know. much of them these days. I've known <laughs> a lesbian for years. Yeah. You, you haven't known a lesbian for years. Yeah, I used to know some. Yeah. Back but, in the day. But now they're just somebody that you used to know. Exactly, yeah, you know. Mm. Time waits for no one. Yeah. I mean, this is years ago, back at like uni in Leeds and that. Yeah. You were loads of gay community people. Yeah, people people in the gay community. Now that, now our barometer left is Cree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you. Yeah. Just, but I've uh, I've been watching Marvel's The Defenders. Oh, I. Um, I've watched the first few episodes. It's better than the Iron Fist was. Mm, I, that's not saying a great deal. It's better than Luke Cage was. Not saying it's probably just a bit better than Jessica Jones. That is saying a decent enough amount, then. But it's not as good as Daredevil. Yeah, but that's not saying much because of of the Marvel film, of Marvel's output, I should say. It's interesting that um, Dare, Daredevil is easily their best thing going right now, and Iron Fist was one of their worst things in a while. Well, they began to salvage Iron Fist, and I think they do quite a good thing with him. Oh, so far, they've done with him in the Defenders. As mm. he's like the super serious one, he is constantly. My name is Danny Rand, and I'm the Immortal Iron Fist. Mm. And they've really played up the fact that Luke Cage would be like, "The fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. So there's a lot of good scenes with that, but for me, it's Jessica Jones and the Daredevil who shine brightest, yeah. and he we- gets Sigourney Weaver, which is always good. Mm. Who does like you know she's she's Top Gun really? Yeah, um, a rare villainous role, if I'm correct. Yeah, but she plays either. it in such a way that she, you know, it's instead of being black and white, she makes it incredibly grey. Mm. And I like that. You, there's a lot going on with her. She's not just a, like a a mustache twirling, yeah, super, super villain. villain. Like ah, oh, I've been behind everything the whole time. But yeah. no, the, these aren't cartoon characters. These are people with real motivations, and you can go, right, I understand where you're coming from. The, the, yeah. Just the things that I don't like, and it's just the marvelism of yeah, super serious moment, quip. Mm, super serious moment, quip. Yeah, it is the curse that is infecting almost all of pop culture. It doesn't like, have to be funny all the time. No. Like, I, I, I like a super serious movie, hence why I love Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Because I couldn't take itself more seriously. <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that it was daft. Yeah, like, but so. <laughs> yeah. Great. I know. That's, uh, that was an interesting thing. Or Suicide Squad, where it was basically a comedy. Yeah. You know, it's, Suicide it, Squad was just alright. It was, yeah. it was decent. I, I, I like Su- Suicide Squad, but that's the thing is that I prefer, it's either one or the other. Whereas Marvel tries to play both of like, haha, we have our yucks, but then a country dies. Yeah. Oh no, we have raised a country. Yeah. Oh, it's been lifted off the ground by the uh, by the robot that I created. I know. I'll create another robot to 
stop it. An even bigger one. Very much the, the old lady who swallowed a fly mm-hmm. method yeah. of dealing with villains. Mm. It is a weird scene in Age of Ultron on a tangent where Bruce Banner starts off going, have you ever seen the Terminator films? I'm not helping you build Ultron. And then he helps him build Ultron because yucks. And then for some reason, it happens again with the exact same beat for beat, the same dialogue where Bruce Banner's like, no, no, no. Okay, then you you make a convincing argument and it's beat for beat the same. Ah, dear me. Mm. But back to good things that are Marvel, the Defenders. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. Um, I mean, I haven't finished yet. A couple episodes left. Mm. Um, There's only eight. But I think it's it's very much the Avengers of the Marvel world. Yeah. And I think on a whole, it's good. I mean, coming forward, they've got the Punisher season one, which I can't wait for. The Punisher was one of the best things about this whole universe and he's been sadly lacking. Yeah. So I'm, I'm stoked for that. And obviously Daredevil. But yeah, I think as as a first outing, you know, it's big budget. It it plays like a movie. Yeah. They've really gone for it here. And a lot of the action, unlike Iron Fist, is actually well shot. You can see what's going on. And clearly, uh, some of the actors have been doing some ridiculous training. Special props go to uh, the chick who plays Electra, because you can clearly see that it's her. Yeah. They think stunt doubles with her too much. And there we go. HMS yeah. Gulag, as it blasts by. At least yep. on mute. Mm-hmm. Very, very powerful. I don't miss that, but no. I do miss them dogs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't miss the Gulag in my time on land. No. But I think while you're here, I think we can cheer you up with a film. Batman and Harley Quinn? Yes. I know very... nothing about it. Well, I have it. So let's watch it. Blue motherfucking Ray. Jingle, please. Batman and Harley was directed by Sam Liu, stars Kevin Conroy, Melissa Raunch, and Paget Brewster, and has 13 people credited as writing on this film. Yeah, 13 of them. 13 with a PH or 13. 13 with a uh, TY at the end. Anywho. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, a glorious return to, you know, Batman movies. Yep. Kind of our... our Bread and butter. It's comfort zone. It just feels better to be... Oh, Batman's here. Great. And the DCEU. Mm. Is it EU? What is it? Um, the... I believe... I think it's the DCAU. AU, my bad. Yeah, the animated universe. DCAU. Mm-hmm. It's usually pretty good. Yeah. We've had it... hits and misses. I mean, the Dark Knight Returns, if you haven't seen those, parts one and two. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But I, then, I would the, not... then there is the killing joke. Yeah, I'm willing to give that more of a chance than people did. Well, the you... first half hour killed it, that film. The yeah. rest of it's fine. Well, you can go check out that episode. You can indeed. But I was, I didn't know anything going into this. I was Batman and Harley Quinn. Mm. And based on Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago, we yes. couldn't help but notice that Harley Quinn is very much the most popular superhero in 2017. Yeah, just about. So I was interested to see, you know, what that meant and what that is. Mm. And it was weird. Yeah. Because it was a little, took a leaf out of the Killing Jokes book by, we we got some sex. Yeah. Um, it, they, they In was, a cartoon. Yeah. It's, it shocked me. Yeah. You can tell that they are 
having fun with the fact that they can, uh, they're now a 15, so that they can swear and they can have blood in it, but Bruce Tim, great writer as he is, he does love the idea of, oh yeah, the Bat family, fucking everyone. <laughs> everyone is bonking. Batgirls bonking Batman. Harley Quinn bonks. Spoiler. It was but, such a strange movie. Yeah. Because there was so, right, at the, at the beginning, Based on Kevin Conroy's voice and the Batmobile and the Bat outfit, I was like, right, we're getting an animated series style Batman. Yeah. No. Because at times it even did the bang, quack, thwallop of the Adam Wee. Yeah, the Adam Wee. 60s stuff. But then two minutes later it would be like some real dark moment. But then back to camp and we'll actually have not one song but two songs, which will be sung in their entirety. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. They are. Is that a thing with Harley Quinn? I don't know. I Like, ne- oh, she can sing, so she's... I, I don't know. Because, you know, X Factor and Britain's Got Talent, you know, kids like singers these days. Yeah, but I, I can't remember an instance that she's ever sung. I, I think the only time is uh, You Think You Know Me, which isn't even her singing. It's just a song that plays while she's on screen at one point. What, like, like Edge's music, for, like, back in the day, You Think You Know Me? me. No. Uh, no, not uh, You Know Me. You you Own Me. Baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you Don't Own Me. Yeah. From Suicide Squad. There you go. Check out that review. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, we did three videos about that. It was film. quite a shocking movie. Yeah. Um, was this a better portrayal of Harley Quinn on screen than that of the work of Margot Robbie? In the only Oscar nom, uh, the only Oscar winning uh, superhero su- film ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hmm, it's definitely closer to the original original um, Harley Quinn, the nineties uh, cartoon one, which I think makes sense. I will say that another and DC animated film, uh, the Return of the Cape Group caped crusaders yeah uh this is probably the film that that that's the film this reminds me the most of because you can tell that the writers are having a whale of a time all just, 13 of them all 13 of them honestly i'm not surprised given the tonal whiplash all over the place but it I think, very it very much was like the gremlins 2 of batman yeah where they just went ah fuck it and just threw everything at the story, just like, we'll have a dark bit, we'll have a this bit, we'll have a that bit, we'll have a that bit. Yeah. And just had pretty much mm. every key component of Batman, but in all his various forms and guises, all yeah. mashed together in one movie. Yeah, it's not like, oh, you were, uh, oh, we, we want the Adam West Batman today. Well, I'd rather have the uh, Tim Burton Batman. Well, actually, I think I could go for some Nolan Batman. How about all the Batman? All of them! <laughs> and... Uh, and it doesn't surprise me there were 13 writers. No. Because it wouldn't surprise me also if there was 13 scenes. <laughs> That's how like, the movie worked. Mm. Like, Bugsy beginning, shotgun the end. Yeah, and then just everything in the middle is just Mad Libs where you pick up the pieces and go, what the fuck happened here? Well, we'll just do carry on from that. Which apparently is a lot of how long-running comic books work nowadays. If they say, oh, we're going to write a miniseries, it's like a writer to an issue. And that never causes continuity problems. 
Well, that, that's it. Comics, big Achilles heel. Yeah, is all there. Well, actually, in this universe, Lex Luthor. Yeah, and you do get a bit of that in this uh, film where they casually just one of the characters mentions, "Ah, oh, Batman, you know that hacking into an Argus computer is a federal crime, right?" And you're just sitting there going, "Okay, I, I am confident with my DC knowledge." I barely know what the fuck Argus is. And it just drops that right at the beginning of the film of like, yep, these are a government agent and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what the fuck? There was a lot of deep fan service for stuff that I didn't recognize. <laughs> but you can tell when it's happening, like, oh. Yeah. Then, well, that's clearly something then that I don't know about. Yeah, they um they do push a lot of the continuity porn, especially with the villain uh Woodrow. Woodrow. Yeah, and... He's trapped like a big deal. Like Batman goes, "Oh, it's Woodrow," and I'm like, "Oh, it's Woodrow." Yeah. <laughs> oh, goody. Who's he again? There are some things that I really liked about it, and I think it's mm. one of the advantages that the animated world has over the the DC representations on screen. Mm. And that is, you actually see Batman and Nightwing um, interact with people who aren't either Jim Gordon, a fellow hero, or a villain. No. They... they actually just talk to members of the public. They walk around sometimes, just on the ground. Yeah. Not stealthy, just yeah. just being Batman and Robin in like some seedy part of Gotham. Yeah, which you'd imagine that... You know, that... th- there's a great bit where a member of staff, like in this big building, walks past Batman and he goes, I'm a big fan. Yeah. That, that was... Because I, I want to see his effects on the world. I don't want to see him literally just talk to Jim Gordon. Yeah. It, it and must, villains. Yeah, it must be strange though, um, being the guy who is basically the, a one man police force. And do people walk up to him and just go, Oh, Batman, um, my wallet got stolen about two weeks ago. Can you help me get it back? I don't work like that, kid. Yeah. Oh, but. If but, that wallet's stolen, so theft was part of some kind of syndicate set up by some head honcho, I'll get that guy. Oh, but, sir. I got my wallet stolen and it had my uh, reference to the last episode where I'm a creepy doll. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> well, you took it there. Yeah. Don't look at me for that. No. I I've, I let, don't know where this is going. You're driving, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think we need to abort this comedy bit. Yes, the tonal whiplash... Does come back with um, some of the odder choices in the narrative, such as the scientist guy who was introduced for like two minutes, and then spoilers: a scientist man dies, and they treat it like a massive deal. Like his death scene is longer than well, it's just an innocent, any because he was being manipulated and all that type of crap. Yeah, I like the general premise that is Batman and Nightwing have got like a mystery and a and a thing problem to solve. That involves Poison Ivy. Yeah. Now, in the current canon, Poison Ivy's best mate, or former best mate, was Harley Quinn. Yeah. So, Bruce and Dick are Mm -hmm. like, right, let's get Harley Quinn on our side and she'll come and help us sort this out. I like that as a premise. Yeah. But then it just got so squirrely. It was all over the place. I was kind of, I enjoyed it a lot, Mm. but I didn't think it was going to be that. But then again, obviously, I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't know what I was getting. No. Um, but I was thinking we were going to get like a dark, like Batman and Harley Quinn. 
Yeah, a deep philosophical look into the heart of a a, a hero who has to work with a villain. Oh, like the exchange notes on the Joker and stuff like that. Yeah, there's no mention of the Joker in this film. No. You'd you'd think that at some point he Harley Quinn would go, oh yeah, um, the whole reason that my character exists. Yeah, he's doing X, Y, Z. Yeah, especially so you can say have the temerity to bring in Booster Gold of all people. So you'd Booster. think, yeah, you'd think they'd have some space for at least a Joker reference. But no, just no. Yeah, he's whatever. I also didn't know the origin of the character, the Swamp Thing, um, until this movie, and I love the idea that he was a scientist working on turning the world's deserts into lush rainforests. Yeah. So, you know, to, to to be green and fight against global warming. And then due to an accident, he falls into his chemicals and becomes Swamp Thing. Yeah, because it's always that in... No, but at least it was good intentions. Like, that, that's a really good idea, Rob. Can we yeah. change deserts into forests or is that just comics? Um, I don't know about turning deserts specifically into forests. I bet I... you could just be like a lot of pumps and like mm. getting in what... If you could feed plants seawater, we'd be loving life. Yeah. We've got to change plants' diet. Let's work on that. Yeah. Uh, work out. Just turn all plants into algae. Just make them love salt. Yeah. Well, algae already does, so just dump that in the desert and That's build it. canals. Algae, algae Pringles, algae Oreos. Yeah. Algae everything from now on. Mm. I've not seen rainforest. I've seen an idea going around for putting solar panels in the desert because the sun is always there. Why not bother with that? The whole so, equator should just be, yeah, just solar panels all around the uh, circumference. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, because you've got the two uh, tropics of Capricorn and Cancer where there's just rain all the time, so that'd be bad. And then you've got the equator in the middle where it's always sunny, so it's just like, yeah, that's just should be the band of uh, solar the band panel. of boiling. Yeah, the Band of Boiling. That's a much better name than the Equator. <laughs> the Band yeah. of Boiling. Yeah, because, well, when you think of the Equator, you just think of a shit, like, equalizer knockoff, like, ugh, I'm the Equator. I always I'm- think it's part of the flame where the, it's blue. Yeah. That's what the Equator is. It's- the blue bit of, of a flame. I don't know. Is is there a scientific name for the blue bit of the flame? Hot shit, but... Yeah. That I think that was Isaac Newton who coined that. Uh, Stay away from that hot shit bit, lad. Yeah. To be fair, they probably... Um, we get all these fancy words from, like, Latin, where it's like, oh, it's the uh, the vomitorium and the forum and the aquarium. But those were probably just words where they were just like, oh, yeah, that that's it. That's an aquarium, like, just whatever. Fuck it. There was some story like that, I believe, when um, the people... When the white man first mm. settled in the Americas, and oh, it might have been it might have been white men in Australia. It's something to do with they thought the name of a horse was hello, because mm. they kept pointing at it like, "What's that name?" Oh no, I bollocked it. Yeah. Edit all this out. In in terms of a story that actually exists from that, I know that there was. The case of Peru getting its name was that a load of people who lived near Peru met all these white people, and the white people were like, oh, you've got a load of gold. Um, Where'd you get the gold? And they were like, oh, we uh, went to 
Peru. What's what's Peru? Oh, it must be this place called Peru that's full of full of gold. And the word Peru actually means go that way and don't stop moving. Just go, go, leave. Because <laughs> unlike everyone else, these guys saw the white people when they oh fuck, oh Jesus, they're gonna just get rid of them. Just get rid. We do not want polio. Yeah. I found out this week, thanks to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, that Julius Caesar's war with the Gauls, Mm -hmm. they manually killed more people than polio killed Native Americans. Yeah. Like, manually. Yeah. It was a slaughter. That's unbelievable, though, isn't it? Like, logistically. Yeah. Well, they didn't... They 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 were literally just hacking and slashing at people until the sun went down for a week. Yeah, well, that big red wall machine in Caligula that slices people's up, that wasn't invented for another 50 years, so of course they had to do it with their hands. <laughs> of course they had to go in. They didn't have the machines yet. I love that, that we need more, like like a Wallace and Gromit invention the Romans had. Yeah. It's like, well, we need some way to mash the <laughs> people w- together. Some people into grain. Yeah, well, there was that, um, again, the reference to Caligula with where they just built oh yeah this big red wall that has blades on the bottom like essentially lawnmowers and we're just going to bury everyone to their necks in the sand and then it'll just chop their heads off as people go and this is a a gladiatorial game that sounds like a really shit thing to watch a primitive version of whack-a-mole yeah well there's no suspense to it there's no drama like with a gladiator fight I could understand that because Who's gonna win? But in terms of the wall head chop game, it's always yeah, the wall wins. <laughs> I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if suddenly just a hand popped out like Carrie, yeah, and then, like nearly <laughs> headless Nick just yeah. comes roaming out, Rah, running around. <laughs> yeah, I've got my head. <clears throat> anyway, mm. Batman and Harley Quinn. Yes, I like the animation in this film. It's classic style as its um, animated series. Yeah. Era looking. Mm. Well, he had that Batmobile. Yeah. He had the uh, Batmobile where, for some reason, he has three seats. And one is bigger than the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he has a massive seat for, presumably, I guess, two people. But why Why does Batman need four? <laughs> There's some really strange scenes in the Batmobile. Like, yeah. can you explain to me why Harley Quinn farted? Um, is this me being a primitive man? And I pre- it's cool in 2017 for women to fart. That's all well and good, but we can do the road warrior. No, we go in, we kill. No more talk, we kill. Soon, my dog of war, but we have to do it my way. I presume it's either that or someone on the writing team had a fetish for it and was like, fucking want Harley Quinn to fart because in general, the film was quite obsessed with her rump. Yeah, um, and, uh, she was sexy all the way throughout, and like it was acknowledged all the time. Yeah, everyone was like, "Yeah, she's really, really hot." This clown, <laughs> clown broad. Yeah, um, it, it's one of these things that can only be sexy in cartoons because if if someone just painted their face sheer white and dressed up like a playing card, I don't, I wouldn't think sex bomb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "That's a bold and brave lady." Yeah. Probably a sex bomb. Mm, maybe. Like, but in the context of Comic-Con, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, because not all of them were uh, sex bombs. Some of them were just... Uh, that's not the point, Rob. 
Yeah, it's just a Comic Con. True. It, it is a. But yeah, um, the farting caught me off guard. Mm. Uh, again, I, I suspect a fetish. Like, I, what's her shtick? She like Harley Quinn's shtick is she's just like mm. all over the place. Yeah. Well, it's it's odd because on this is an interesting um, motion in the whole kind of uh, feminist angle on pop culture where they there are some people who wanted Harley Quinn to be a strong stronger character and doing that would be by disassociating herself from Joker and being a more independent character but I find her less interesting that way because with the Joker there's a lot more stories there's the whole abuse angle and well they're both working together to take down Batman yeah and the little shenanigans they have along the way. Yeah. I, I've always liked the idea of personal, personal preferences. Harley Quinn is a better villain the joke, than the Joker, but will never allow herself to be. And yet, and then they've just disassociated her and made her just a hyperactive superhero now. You know, and just hyperactive. I'm wacky anti-hero, but we've yeah, got- like a, like a Phoebe from Friends on steroids. Yeah. But we've got a lot of those already. This kind of, I'm, I'm nutty. Well, it's just the quips, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of quips. Mm, a lot of quips and a lot of lol randoms. Yeah. Yeah, just like, oh, well, she's mental, so of course she would uh, beat people up with a giant hammer. That, <laughs> that's just what she's like, because that's how mental illness works. Do but, we know what's next in line for the DCEU, AU? Uh, the DCAU, I think the next in line is the sequel to uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders with William Shatner as Two-Face. And Adam West in his last performance as Batman. Very much so. Um, I'm looking forward to it, of course. I I love that particular uh, film, so I'm looking forward to the sequel. Yeah. Mm. I really, really like where it's going. Of course, we've got Justice League to look forward to in, in terms of regular big screen Batman outings. Yeah, um, be interesting how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the uh, Justice League. I know that people are can't are incessant about the news of. Oh, um, it was found out that after the first screening of Justice League, it was deemed by the executives as unwatchable. Yeah. And it's like, well, that first screening, when did that take place? Because it could have been that week the story broke, or it could have been two or three years ago. Nobody knows. Like, nobody's actually said anything about when this was, what context. Well, I'm sure they'll sort it. It's not yeah. until November. Mm. There's always these type of things about films like, this is ten reasons why this next movie is going to suck. Yeah. I mean, the Han Solo film is... Or almost been written off as just like, yep, that's going to suck because, oh, they got rid of, they got rid of the director and they got a new director. That's never happened in films before ever. I know, I don't really like that type of movie news and gossip. I don't really care. No, I, I, I literally just like knowing which actors and directors are attached. Yeah. To projects, but beyond that, no. whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Like the only time that I've ever had that kind of news and for oh that's interesting is when it's something that's rare that's happened like Mad Max Fury Road the news broke that oh uh, they've gone back to do reshoots because they thought the film was so good that they want more of it 
I thought that was an interesting thing because usually a reshoot means, oh, it's... It Mad- sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Reshoot it. Whereas Mad Max was like, yeah, but we need more. Get get, get back out there. Film more. Film more for us, please. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... I think that's the only time when that sort of news has been of any interest, really. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's a lot... I mean... You can, there's a whole web of stuff that you could talk about with the Batman movie. Will Ben Affleck do it? Casey Affleck says he, he doesn't think it, Ben wants to be Batman for very long and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's like TMZ type shit. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just don't matter. It's all about yeah. the final product and the quality of those movies. Mm. And therefore, in summation, what did you think of the quality of Batman and Harley Quinn? Weird, but fun. Nice. Would you rent it, buy it, or fuck it? I'd probably say rent it if you're a fan of Harley Quinn. But if you're a Batman fan and you're a fan of more traditional Harley Quinn as the villain, get rid now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get rid of this podcast. <laughs>